Who's excited to be back? That's great. That's great. Who's expectant this morning that God's going to speak to them? That was less, less uh, volume, but that's all right. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. Um, oh, gosh, it's good to be back, right? I was so excited this morning. I was in here. I was jumping around and just, I love church. I love the gathering of the people of God together. I love what occurs when we all bring the overflow of our relationship with Jesus into one place and all the faith is together and all the hope is together and all the joy is together. And it's like there is this magnifying effect and and God shows up in his incredible presence. I mean, I don't know, but I just love it and I've missed it. I've missed being with everybody here and, and worshiping. But I want to I just take a moment to note that this morning is really significant. You know, we, we, in September, rolled out Vision. And a part of what we said in Vision was that we were going to establish a consistent online broadcast of our whole service. And this morning, for the first time, uh, we are doing that. We have a broadcast right now. Yeah, it's awesome. Not just the message, but worship, the whole thing is being broadcast and will be broadcast week in, week out. So, so if you're sick and you can't make it, you can still be a part of church. If, if, if work takes you away from here for a weekend, you can still be a part of church. But more importantly than that, we understand that the place where people gather together or, or check out something these days is online. And we want to make sure that the hope of the world is in a place where people can find it, can stumble across it, can check it out, can find out that God is real and that he has hope for their lives. So I want to thank you for your commitment to the vision. I want to thank you for the finance that you sowed to be able to do this. And I also want to thank everyone who, who gave time and energy last weekend to move the entire of everything that it takes to do a broadcast from uh, the ministry center all the way over here and set it up. Can we give our worship and production teams a huge round of applause? You guys are legends. You guys are legends. They've gone to a whole new level today. Uh, they got like comms going. We got like Chris is like calling through camera shots and all kinds of stuff and they're correcting all of my bad mic usage but we're in a, we're also in a great series and uh, I'm going to do my best to preach real short this morning um, but we've been in a series called soundtrack of summer and you know one of the reasons we felt like we wanted to uh, start the year with something like this is because uh, we 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 kind of play on the reality that, I don't know about you, but I love making a playlist. I make playlists for all sorts of things. Our, uh, our iTunes library at home is full of like Nate's blah, 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 right? Like Nate's Friday fun playlist, Nate's uh, praise and worship 2021 playlist, Nate's, like it's just a whole uh, range of all of the different playlists that I like because for me, music is so powerful. Music is, is powerful in setting my mood. Like I can be in a, in, a, in a real funky mood and I'll put on a song and it has the capacity to shift my mood. It just does. I, I don't know uh, why it does that. But, and so what we wanted to do was leverage that but put it in the context of the songs we find in Scripture, right? Because who knows that all of Scripture is not just a story, 
right? There's poetry, there's songs, there's, there's little tidbits of wisdom in there. Um, and, and, and so we wanted to take some of the amazing songs that have been penned uh, by, by people in the Old Testament. We want to take some of them and say, what if we made them our soundtrack at the beginning of the year? What if we didn't let uh, news.com, right, because that's my my news service, we we didn't let news.com.au set the soundtrack for our year. We didn't let, like, like social media set the soundtrack of our year. That that we didn't let comparison and analysis and, oh, their summer holiday was better than my summer holiday, so now I, I feel depressed about my own life. We don't let that set the soundtrack of our year. Is anyone else, is that just me? That's just my response to Instagram. Awesome. Please don't leave me hanging up here this morning, all right? Uh, We actually have microphones set up that pick up uh, your ambient noise so that those who are watching our broadcast know that there's people here. So can you make sure that those mics have a use? That would be fantastic. Um, Yes. Thank you, Rich Newman. I was going to give Damien Cook a shout out. He, he was so loud, like when we were meeting at the ministry center, he was shouting down, like getting revelation and thanking Jesus for it. And we could almost hear it upstairs. It was awesome. So let's, let's bring that culture in here, right? Like, like when, when, when God speaks to you, don't be silent. Because God never speaks to you just for you. Right? Like we're, the, the reality is that every element of the relationship we have with Jesus is never just for us. It, it's always about the community. It's always about the people of God. There is something that God speaks to you that is going to benefit somebody else. And so when God, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Let's do more of that. All right, you can open your Bible this morning to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, we're going we're gonna to jump straight in. I wish that we were allowed to stand up um, and read the Word of God, but I, I believe we, we, I need to encourage you to stay seated. So... Psalm 34 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. You just take that, right? Like just the first line and make that uh, your lyric that runs through your mind. I will praise God at all times. At all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are discouraged take heart. I don't know how many times I have to give myself a little bit of a self-talk. You know, like you get a bit discouraged and you just got to give yourself a little pep talk. It's like, hey, come on. Come on. God's still on the throne. God's still at work. God's still doing stuff. God's still powerful. God's still able. Sometimes we just need to get ourselves and have a little bit of a verbal wrestle inside and, and remind ourselves that we don't need to stay discouraged. We have a God that is the God of hope. I just think we, we expect it to happen without getting in there and dealing with some of the the stuff we let run through our minds. Come on, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. That's church. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me, freeing me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy and no shadow of shame will darken their faces. This, This is good. I cried out to the Lord in my suffering and he heard me. That is, that is encouraging, right? Not that the Bible says we won't suffer, but that in our suffering, God hears us. God hears us. He set me free from all my fears, for the angel of the Lord guards all who fear him, and he rescues them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joy of those who trust in him. Let the Lord's people show him reverence, for those who honor him will have all they need. 
every, oh, sorry, even, even strong young lions, lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will never lack any good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me. I will teach you to fear the Lord. Do any of you want to live a life that is long and good? Then watch your tongue. Keep your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Work hard at living in peace with others. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people. I love that. When they call to him for help, he rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. You know, we prayed for people this morning who are going through a season of, of brokenheartedness. The Lord is close to you. The Lord is close. He rescues those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous face many troubles, but the Lord rescues them from each and every one. For the Lord protects them from harm. Not one of their bones will be broken. Chapman, boys, that's your scripture right there for 2021. Come on. Calamity will surely overtake the wicked, but those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. Everyone who trusts in him will be freely pardoned. What an incredible scripture. An incredible song, right, that David's written. What, just, it, it, the things that he has able, able to articulate. Amazing. Amazing. Let's, let's just pray. Father, Lord, we just come to you this morning. God, we want to meet with you. We thank you for your presence in worship. God, right now we pray that your spirit, that is the spirit of revelation, would, would speak to us, would speak to our minds. Lord, would bring revelation to our heart about who you are and who we are, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring freedom to people this morning, that you would bring hope to people this morning. Lord, that you would bring a sense of joy to people this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it, it adjusts us, it builds us, it strengthens us, it encourages us. So Lord, speak to us this morning. We want to hear from you this morning. God, move in our lives this morning. And Lord, we pray you'd help the Jets find a new owner in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go get that in there. They, they, they need some help. I, um, I, I love, like, I'm one of those people who um, have passions where I'm not gifted. Does anyone else have that? You, you're passionate about things that you're not gifted in. One of those areas for me um, is singing, right? If you are passionate about singing but not gifted, um, please don't try out for the worship team. Um, we love you, and I love your passion in the congregation, uh, but if you're not gifted, then you're gifted somewhere else, and we don't want to miss out on that gifting. That's why I don't sing up here. That's why I talk, okay? Uh, passions and giftings aren't always aligned, and that's okay too. But one of my passions is singing, and I'm definitely not gifted in it. Uh, I make a joyful noise to the Lord Jesus, and um, my wife graciously puts up with uh, my singing Particularly in the car, uh, I can get carried away in the car. Uh, the other day I was driving and uh, one of the playlists that I have, you know, don't judge me, uh, is a 90s rock playlist, right? Yeah, come on, <laughs> some great rock music from the 90s. And I have a bit of a habit 
uh, with songs. Uh, because I get carried away singing, I don't always sing the right lyrics. Right? Is, that, is anyone like that? Like you're just so carried away in the moment. I get so caught up in the emotion of a song. Um, I just sing what I think the lyrics should be. Um, and often I'm wrong. And, and so the other day I'm driving and I'm, I'm listening to the 90s rock playlist and um, the semi-charmed life came on from Third Eye Blind. And um, some of you think you're leaving the church now. Please don't. Um, and I, it suddenly clicked to me that because it's called that, that's actually what the lyric is in the song. I just used to mumble over it thinking it was something, you know, I couldn't work out what it was. So I'd just mumble it and then be like, you know, sing the next bit like, like we do. But I, I suddenly, it suddenly clicked to me when I saw the, the title of the, the song come up. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's what the lyric is in that song. I felt like I'd totally re-loved the song now. But... But one of the other examples that, uh, of my classic, like kind of getting lyrics wrong, is um, Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline, right? Yeah, come on, the great song. Um, I'm not going to sing it this morning. Uh, I would, I would, I'm going to save you. But I always used to think that it was Sweet Caroline, you know, dun, dun, dun. Um, good times never felt so good. And then I used to think it said, I'm feeling fine. No. Definitely not the lyric. I don't know if you're, you're aware of this, but the other night, Rachel and I were watching a Netflix movie, and uh, because of the layout of our house, we have to watch with subtitles on um, because we can't have movies up loud enough to hear uh, the people talking because it wakes up our kids, right? So we're just preparing for uh, when we're 60 and 70 and can't, and can't hear properly, and we're watching movies with subtitles. But the advantage of subtitles is the subtitles, the song, right? And, and so here I am thinking, oh, I'm feeling, no. It's I feel inclined. I never knew that. Some of you are like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe that he's preaching about Neil Diamond on uh, a Sunday service. Anyway, but then, then there, are other, there are other songs, right? And, and I know those lyrics off by heart. Like I, if I could sing in tune, I would be able to sing those songs word for word without fail, even if I haven't heard them for years. Like you just have those songs that for some, some moment in your life was so significant when that song was playing that it's just locked. It's like locked into your memory. And the moment those first kind of chords come in, you're like, I'm there. I'm, I'm singing every word of this. And if Rage is trying to have a conversation with me, that gets stopped. It's like I'm, I'm locked in to singing this song. And I've noticed that sometimes it's because that when that particular song was, was on CD, right? And the, the beauty of a CD was it came with a lyric booklet, right? It was one of the, the main reasons when, when there was all the <coughs> illegal download music programs that no one, no one here ever used, I'm sure. Uh, when they were around, the advantage of buying the CD and not just downloading the music illegally was, was that there was, other than the legal side of things, was that it came with a lyric booklet, Right, And so you could sit with your discman in and have the lyric book open and you could actually sing the right... That was, that was just such a moment for me when, when they brought out lyrics. I, I now really love that iTunes does a scrolling lyrics, right? It's difficult to use while you're driving, I will admit. Um, but uh, while Rach is driving, it's a different matter. I can sit and I've like lyrics and I'm singing and she's like looking for the sound cancelling earphones. But I, I, what the... The lyrics that I think I remember the best are the songs that I relate to, 
right? It's the songs where they write what I want to say about my life in that moment. And it's like, that just resonates. It just resonates with me. And there's all sorts of songs over the years that that is the case. And, and it's like the, the, the lyrics so are what I want to say that they immediately get embedded in my memory. Um, and I love that. I love that about worship. I find that worship, when we sing worship songs, they, they have this incredible way of saying what I want to say to God or what I want to say about my situation. Like, I want to be like, yes, God, you are the God of hope. Yes, all things are possible. You know, like the songs we sang this morning, I love it because it resonates in, excuse me, <coughs> is what happens when I don't preach for a while. My, my throat gives out. I went way too hard in the worship with my mask on over there. <clears throat> and I was like croaking up by like the second song. That was good. That was a good worship this morning. Right? It's, it's also what I love about the Psalms, right? Because the Psalms, David, he's, I, I relate a lot. He's this emotional guy. Like he's great with words. And he just, he just puts it as it is. All the emotion here you can read. It, it's just on the paper, right? Like, He's not just like, oh, yeah, God's good, you know, like just mediocre kind of. No, no, his statements are like high highs and low lows. Right? He, is, he is expressing the, expressing the full gamut of emotions here, right? Like he is at the depths of suffering, the, the heights of I've been delivered from all of my fears. Like there is this sense of overwhelming expression in David's writing. And, and if you know me, you know that that's me. Um, <clears throat> and so... I love reading the Psalms and finding that someone has written the words that I want to say about my situation. I don't know how many times in my Bible I have uh, earmarked something and written, this is me and a, and a date, and a, a year. It's like, that says exactly what I want to say about me right now in this moment. And, and I love Psalm 34 uh, because of some of the things that, that David says. Imagine if, like, because it is, but imagine it as a song. That is an epic. That is an epic song, right? That is one of those, like, power ballad songs, right? One like Disney has, uh, has got nothing on, on David's songwriting. Uh, Let it go and into the unknown. They take second place to Psalm 34, I think. Um, just other songs that I have constantly rolling around in my head. Uh, my daughter got a, a little, like, frozen scepter for Christmas, and it plays into the unknown, like, over and over and over and over and over. And, um, yeah, it's, it's in my head. It's right there. But, um, you know, we, <clears throat> anyway, I won't, I won't get off track. One of, the, one of the things that I really love about this is when we understand the context that David wrote it from, right? Because, because I find that, that I can relate to words, but when I understand the context, that's when real relatability comes out. When I'm like, he's living what I'm living. I don't live in the Old Testament, but you know what I mean? Like, like I relate to the context and therefore the words suddenly have so much more value because of what he's writing them from. And so I thought it would be worth going into the context of Psalm 34 so that we, yes, there's some great stuff in here, right? Like the Lord frees me from all my fears. That's great. That's good on its own. 
But when we understand what he's writing that from, what he's just walked through, what he's facing and yet still writing things like the, the, the righteous will face many battles, but the Lord rescues them from each and every one. There, I love that. I'll take that, apply that to my life. But when I understand what battle he's actually facing, it's like, wow, that becomes so much more relevant to what I feel like sometimes I'm confronted with. So if you go to 1 Samuel 21, verse 8, you will find the context from which David writes this psalm. There is a passage of the the narrative of the story of David, and, and what we find is this situation that David is in, and we can read about it, and then it's going to give the context for, for the psalm. Here we go. Psalm 21, verse 8. I think it's going to come up on the screen. There it is. Perfect. It says this. David asked, <clears throat> I'm going to say Aaron. We're going to go with Aaron. Do you have a spear or sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't even have time to grab a weapon. I only have the sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elhar. The priest replied, it is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Take that if you want it, for there is nothing else here. There is nothing else like it, David replied. Give it to me. So David escaped from Saul and went to King Achish of Gath. But Achish's officers weren't happy about his being there. Isn't this David, the king of the land, they asked? Isn't he the one that people honour with dances and singing and Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And David heard these comments and was afraid of what King Achish might do to him. So he pretended to be insane, scratching on doors and drooling down his beard. And finally, King Achish said to his men, must you bring me a madman? We already have enough of them around here. <clears throat> I don't think that applies at all. Uh, why should I let someone like this be my guest? So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Soon his brothers and other relatives joined him there. I believe that's as far. Oh, one more, one more verse. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt or who were just discontented until David was the leader of about 400 men. So context, right? David has been anointed the next king of Israel. But Saul is still king, right? Saul takes a bit of a turn, uh, it's probably putting it nicely, and, and decides that he wants to kill David um, and so throws a, a javelin at his head and all sorts of other things and David's like, it's probably not a great work environment for me. Um, I'm, I'm going to look to get out of that, looking for a new, new role in the kingdom while I wait for my promotion. Um, Things get worse and David goes, you know what, I'm just going to leave for a while. And so he tries to escape and does so thanks to the help of Jonathan, uh, Saul's son. And so David is now on the run for his life. Uh, He has no weapon, he's all alone, he has no food and he has no place that he can go to. Not a great place to be in if, if you're supposed to be the next anointed king of Israel. And so what he does is he skips town, right? He's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave Israel kind of altogether. I'm going somewhere else. Uh, and he skips town and he goes to see the priest, right? This is where we pick up the story. He goes to see the priest and where he visits just happens to be the place where Goliath's sword is kept. Just happens, the, 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 the place he goes just happens to be, remember he has no weapon, just happens to be the place where Goliath's sword is kept. He takes Goliath's sword, the very sword that visually represents the pinnacle moment he has with God. 
right? Like imagine unwrapping that sword again. The memories that would flood back into David's mind about how, David, how, how God came through about how God fulfilled his faithfulness, about how God went before him and did what he had promised. All of these things flooding through David's mind. In fact, Matthew Henry in his commentary says this. This is two things we may observe concerning the sword. I'm only going to read one. It says that God had graciously given it to him as a pledge of his singular favour, so that whenever he drew it, nay. We, there needs to be more nay in the English language. Just side note. Nay, whenever he looked upon it, it would be a great support to his faith. By bringing to mind the great instance of the particular care and countenance of the divine providence respecting him. In other words, the moment David looked at that sword, he was reminded, God delivers me, God has me, God's not going to let something bad happen to me, God has a plan, God is for his people, he's anointed me, he's got this. We all need those things in our life. We all need that song that was playing at youth camp, right? Where, where we're on our face and God is speaking to us. We all need that song on our playlist. Right, one of my go-to playlists is like mid-2000s Hillsong United. Just, it just is. It just, there are those songs that immediately remind me of those moments that I have had with God where he established the call on my life. And when I'm having moments of doubt or insecurity or insufficiency or those things that we all battle with, I go to that and I'm reminded, no, 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 I was on my face and there were tears streaming. It was real to me in that moment. And in an instant, those things come flooding back. Right, or, or, or in a different context, you know, we all have that song that was playing on our first date with our spouse, right? I, I, I remember um, Rachel and I, having, having, uh, it wasn't our first date, but it was a particular date. We were going out to uh, the View Factory before it was a grain store, and we were going to watch uh, one of her friends who was a, a, an artist, uh, musical, uh, do a, do a, doing a, a gig, right? I'm, I'm definitely down with all of the terminology. And, um, and it was like, I, I think it was like June, and we were having one of those crazy June storms, and it was torrential rain. And I remember we parked around the corner, and we got out, and we like running to, to, to try to, you know, get, quickly get inside, but there was a line, and it was at max capacity, right? And so we are standing out in the torrential rain, um, and, and, and we're just kind of looking at each other like, what are we doing, right? We can't even get in. We're just standing and he's soaked, and in the end, we decided, you know, we just like, don't worry about it. It was a nice thought to go and see this person play, but we're, we're already saturated to, to the bone. And we ran back, we got in the car. And I still remember the Jason Mraz song that was playing as we drove off, right? Like it was just one of those moments. And, and, and the, the, every time I hear that song, I'm just, I'm taken back to that moment. And this was like this moment, Goliath's sword was this thing for David. And so from there, he takes this sword and he, he, he runs and he runs to Gath. Right? He runs to Philistine territory, uh, leaves Israel. He takes the very symbol of his triumph over the Philistines into the court of the king of the Philistines. Right? I, don't know, I don't know how he thought that was going to play out. Like, I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know if he thought, gee, this is going to be a great idea. I'm going to rock up in there with the thing that symbolizes the fact that I just destroyed their great warrior. Right? And he was like, oh, they're just going to welcome me with open arms. And uh, what we find is that that's not the case. Uh, in fact, although the king is actually uh, quite favourable towards David, uh, the people within his kingdom are not. 
And so the king is kind of caught between kind of being like, well, I don't really want to kill him, uh, but all of my people are like, we don't want him here. He's like the king of the nation that's apparently just defeated us, and, and we would rather he wasn't here. And so the king's kind of caught between these two places. And so it's, it's funny because scholars suggest that um, David's act of insane wasn't, wasn't actually all that convincing, but it gave the king a way out. Right, like, because the king's able to be like, well, you know what? Look, he's insane. We just, why don't we just take him away from me? It gave the king the, the option to remove David without having to do what the people wanted him to be able to do. And so, this is the context in which David eventually then leaves Gath, goes to a cave, sits down, and I imagine him pondering and writing Psalm 34. And he writes things like, The Lord rescues them from every single trouble. He writes things like, I prayed to the Lord and he answered, freeing me from all my fears. The psalm is an incredible reflection after the fact, right? What it shows us, what it shows us is what David chose to have as the soundtrack in his mind after those moments. You see, because if we, read, if we read back through the story, what we realise is, well, actually, that's not, they're not the lyrics that David had going through his mind the whole time. Yeah, he had this one moment of incredible faith-stirring Goliath sword. I'm remembering how good God is. But then he has this moment where he goes into court and it says, it says actually that he was incredibly afraid. It says that the soundtrack in his mind must have changed. It must have gone from, yeah, God's going to deliver me to... Oh no, what, what's going to happen here? And it says in 1 Samuel that, that David was, says he heard these comments. I wonder what you're hearing. I wonder what you're hearing that is changing the soundtrack in your mind. I wonder what you are allowing yourself to hear that is influencing the soundtrack, the lyrics that are running through your mind as we go into this year. Because you can have some things that you hear that are going to remind you of faith that are going to stir your faith, or you have other things that you're going to hear, if you allow it, it's going to get in and it's going to cause you to be afraid. It's going to stir up all this fear. And, and you see, I notice for myself that most of the time I got lyrics wrong in songs was because I was assuming what the lyric was. Based on my somewhat limited experience of life, you see, sometimes the artist was using words that as a teenager, right, like I didn't have the vocabulary for. So they, they wrote a particular word that that, didn't, that word actually didn't exist to me. So I made up other words based on what I had experienced in life. And so I allowed my life experience to shape the lyrics of the song I listened to. Problem was that often the lyrics that I let life tell me should have been written were the, long, the wrong lyrics. They were the wrong lyrics. I was singing the wrong thing. And although what I sang sounded similar to what they had written, I was articulating often something very different. And you know, the funny thing is that the lyrics of fear and faith, they're very easy to confuse because they sound the same. They sound the same. Fear and faith in your mind will both sound like what if. And if you're not careful, 
you will allow your life experience to answer what if, and it will stir either fear or faith. You see, you see, what if God delivers me like he did with Goliath? That's faith. What if the king hands me over to the people? That's fear. But they both sound like what if. Right? We can't, we can't just scrap what if from our, from our lyric system. We need to answer the what if. We need to make a decision and a choice about what comes next after what if. Right? Because I, I can't live void of what if. I wake up and I'm, I'm, I'm confronted with what if. Every moment of my day includes what ifs. So it's not that what if is wrong. It's what we allow to come after that that is going to set the soundtrack or the lyrics that run through our mind. And if we're not careful, we will misinterpret the what if. And we will, we will, we will answer it with something that creates fear and not faith. See, as we come into 2021, is the soundtrack in your mind running with a lyric of fear or is it running with a lyric of faith? Because I know it doesn't take me long to open up a website or Instagram and have my what if answered with something that stirs fear. What if COVID continues? What if work doesn't go the way I planned? What if I'm not good enough? What if I fail again? What if no one comes? What if God shows up? What if God has a plan? What if God is growing his church? What if the church is going to advance and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it? Right? What if God has called you an overcomer? What if God is working all things together for the good of those who trust Him, love Him, believe in Him, have relationship with Him? Come on, what if God is up to something? What if God is bringing to completion the good work He began? What if God is still on the throne? What if God is still faithful, still able, still powerful, still consistent? What if God is able to deliver you, to strengthen you, to equip you, to use you, to position you, to promote you, to provide for you? What if God? What if then? How would you step forward this year? If you had a soundtrack of faith, if you had a soundtrack that said, actually, what's going on in the world is below what God is doing in His kingdom. What if I'm going to choose to align the lyrics in my mind with what God is saying about what He is doing, about who He is, about who I am in Him? What if I choose to answer my what if with something from the Bible that transcends every experience that I'm having and defines me according to truth, not what I feel, not what I experience, not what I read in the news, not what I see around me, but what is written to me as the truth that surpasses all understanding what if I let this dictate the answer to my what if I would step into 2021 believing that God was doing something 
I'd step into 2021 with an expectation that I better be positioned, ready to be used by God because He's not sitting back. He's moving forward. He's advancing His kingdom. I tell you, in this church, we better be ready for what God is doing. We better be reminding ourselves that God is at work, that God is moving forward, that His kingdom is expanding because I want us to be in a mindset of faith so when then the opportunity arrives, we're ready. We're not sitting back going, oh, but what if that happens? No, what if God? Just because we have a moment of hearing fear doesn't mean we have to keep singing the wrong lyrics. We need to get some subtitles. <laughs> we have some scripture titles. We need to get some things that are going to correct the wrong lyrics that we have in our, in our mind, in our thinking. We need to get some scripture to help correct our misinterpretation and shift us from fear back into faith. It's what we move forward with that actually matters. It's what David penned in Psalm 34 after the fact that shows that he sat and he thought, and he's like, no, I don't need to be afraid. Sure, I had a moment, but actually when I think back and I think about what God has done and I think about what he's brought me through and I think about how he brought us through 2021 and actually we didn't get smaller, we expanded and sure we weren't here but we were everywhere online, right? When, we, when I take a moment and I think back, I'm reminded actually God's really good. Actually my hope is secure in him. Actually I can have faith and hope and I'm not gonna be disappointed and I don't have to be discouraged. David made a choice to determine the lyrics that would remain. You see, we can't stop thoughts flashing through our mind, but we can determine what remains. It's impossible to live life and never have a moment where we're afraid, but we can make a choice to determine what remains, what ends up setting the trajectory of our life, what, what, what we actually allow to influence the decisions of our future, how we're going to approach this year, the decisions that are going to come up about, about your, your relationships, your, your work, your, all sorts of things that we have to weigh up the what if. We can decide what lyric is going to remain in place at that point to influence the decisions that we make. And I want to, I want to pray this morning. I want to pray for anyone who already recognises, wow, I'm really battling with fear already this year already this year it's just it's got in there I thought 2021 was going to be different I didn't think that it would carry over from last year but it got in there last year and I, I just I'm struggling to get rid of it I'm just afraid of this I'm afraid of that and I feel like fear is restricting me and I feel like I can't dream and I can't think about positive things for this year I just feel like I am trapped under this this what if and and the response is negative the response is the bad thing happening, the worst case scenario. It's like you have this, this worst case scenario lyric on repeat in your mind. I, I believe this morning that God is here and that His Spirit says in the Scripture that His Spirit, the anointing that comes with that breaks the yoke of, of bondage, which sounds intense, but what it means is it has the power to move fear out of your mind. That when we pray, what happens is the Spirit of God shifts something on the inside of us that we've been struggling to shift ourselves. 